0: Did you know one in five Americans live with a mental health problem? <laughs> that means, unless you live in a cave, you know someone personally dealing with these issues. So, join
1: us and our special guests as we answer your questions, share real stories, and work to pull the curtain back on how stigma impacts our everyday lives and our communities.
0: We believe that making a real impact happens best with candid conversations, laughter, and tears. We are your hosts, Jennifer Ritter and Josh Moore, and this is Impact Stigma.
1: Good morning, evening, or afternoon. Good morning, evening, or afternoon. Josh, how are you? I'm good. It's been a long month. It has been a long month. we got We've a lot a of lot. stuff done. I
0: know. For sure. Got the Anoya over with. We did. We wrapped that one up really well. Yeah. Had fun there. I
1: did. Yeah.
0: Philly Phillip was a pretty cool dude.
1: Um, I want to say that as far as performers go, I was blown away by mm-hmm. his performance.
0: I was, I was pretty impressed by like how down to earth he is. I know. We were doing the media stuff, yeah, and he was running back and forth, and he was like, if it goes too long, come and get me. I was like, all right. And he was running, and was running, and, you know, I was like, okay, he's been in there interviewed for 15 minutes. It's probably too long. Go in and get him, and he was like, oh, thanks, man. Thanks for saving me. <laughs> and he was like, I brought my camera. Is there any place good to go around and take pictures? Because, you know, he's getting into photography. That's right. I remember that. And uh, I was like, yeah, you can wander the streets everywhere. So he spent – The last two hours before the concert, running around Bristol, and he finished it off eating at Blackbird, and he was the only person in Blackbird. He literally went in, (laughs) got a huge smorgasbord of food, sat down and ate by himself for about 20 minutes. Nobody came in. I saw the whole thing you put
1: on, um, when he put it up, it was great, I so know, I thought that
0: was terrific. No one recognized him, no one knew who he was, <laughs> and he wandered around Bristol taking photos for a good two hours. He's
1: just really a humble guy, so yes, he's I thought really that was cool really dude. great. I was really impressed with Lauren Davidson, too. Um, you know, for me, I got to meet her, I picked her up at the airport and did the whole, we're so happy to hear you, brought her like a little, you know, we're a little sign with her name on it and everything, and... Uh, had lunch with her and her and her guitarist, and um, I thought she did such a phenomenal job commanding the stage, and she was an acoustic you know artist, uh-huh. just her guitarist, and she held it. She did such a good job, did some Dolly Parton. Oh, yeah. I was really impressed with her. She's got such a cool story. Being from New York, I thought she totally killed it with her country music. I thought she did a great job. He, so. played, uh,
0: he played Thriller by request. Our CEO requested thriller. requested Thriller, and he totally obliged, so... He, he walked by, and he saw a couple of the shirts, and he was like, hey, man, I hate to trouble you again, but can I have a couple T-shirts? I was like, yeah, dude, the whole festival's geared around you. Go grab whatever you want. <laughs> right.
1: Well, we can thank Rebecca, our yeah, internal graphic designer. She did such a great job with our shirts. A lot of people really wanted our shirts. I, I was really proud of us. We
0: should have sold some. Mm,
1: we threw some to the crowd with our terrible shot. Whatever that was, we I don't waste, even know what that was. We wasted all the air <laughs> testing the t-shirt. You cannons. and Justin stood in the in the grass, and therefore we could not shoot t-shirts to the crowd. It didn't help that Keith also gave me
0: two empty canisters. <laughs> Thanks, Keith.
1: <laughs> well, it was a, it was such a wonderful night, and I am um, very glad that it's over. As much as I'm just proud of the event itself. Um, yeah. Thank you to Express AV. They do an incredible job with production. The whole entire thing, there's just so many people, so many volunteers, so many, you know, boots on the ground that make it happen, Mm -hmm. and um, we're actually going to be maybe talking to one of them today, so that's kind of cool. I know. I know. I'm excited about our guest. All right. All right. So, welcome back to Season 3 of Impact Stigma. Our guest today has been honored with a number of awards, including the Service Award for the Bristol Convention and Visitors Bureau. A recipient of the YWCA Tribute to Women for the Arts Award, Arts Alliance of the Mountain Empire Arts Achievement Award, and a graduate of the International Bluegrass Music Association Leadership Class, just to name a few. Um, She recently received the Lifetime Achievement Award from the Northeast Tennessee Tourism Association. Wow. Wow. And she is very involved in the local community, serving on the Board of Directors for the Explore Bristol Virginians for the Arts, Virginia's Crooked Road, and several others. But She is a past member of the International Bluegrass Music Association Board of Directors. She is the Executive Director of Advancement for the Birthplace of Country Music. Over the past 16 years, she has played an integral role in the development and growth of Bristol establishing its identity as the Birthplace of Country Music. From serving as a Bristol Rhythm and Roots reunion volunteer during the first festival in 2001 to becoming the executive director of the festival in 2005, her dynamic vision and creativity led the festival to become the region's largest annual three-day event, which now has over 45,000 attendees annually. We are honored to welcome Leah Ross to Impact Stigma.
2: Hey, Leah. Thank you. (laughs) We're really glad to have you here.
1: She's so soft-spoken. I know. You're going to have to. Yeah, we're excited. We'll get her all excited. Don't worry.
0: (laughs) One thing we like to do to get to know our guest a little bit better is to ask them a few fun questions. So one of my questions is, outside the country music genre, the bluegrass genre, who is your favorite artist and band?
2: Outside of country music, it would probably be... Growing up, it was Steppenwolf. That's a <laughs> so, good one. So, you know, I listen more to Americana music, uh-huh. than I, and and it has so many different genres in it. Um, I love Charlie Crockett. I guess he's country, but um, that's one of my favorites right now.
0: Charlie Crockett's so good, and he yeah. is fun to photograph. Yeah, he is, is Yeah, because he poses. He's a big ham. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I love your photographs when it comes to concerts. They're really good. I've never seen that one, though. I'll have to find it.
0: Yeah, he was he was at Rhythm and Roots last year, and he, every time he saw a camera, he'd go and pose as he's singing and just take a second. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, he
1: yeah. did. That's great. That's awesome. <laughs> he's good at it. All right, for my question, I would say, what is your favorite childhood memory?
2: You know, um, I think about, I don't know if there's one memory, but my memories mostly of my childhood are with my cousins on my mother's side and going to grandma's and spending a week. And she had 21 grandchildren and we were all very close and we still are. So that's my fondest memory as a child is just being with all my cousins.
0: And you're still close
1: today.
2: Still very close today. That's awesome.
1: Well, I'd like to say, I remember that. We did that a lot too. My grandmother, I grew up in Newport, Tennessee And all of my cousins were within walking distance of my grandmother's house. So she had a pool and lots and lots of acres to explore. So I love them. I haven't seen them in forever, but a big shout out to all of my amazing cousins in in Newport. You
2: know, I think in today's world, we're all so busy that we don't take that time. Mm -hmm. And I've tried to do that with my
0: grandchildren, but it's not as easy, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. I was big with my grandparents. I lived basically on the weekends and every summer with my papa. Oh, yeah. I was like, I learned to gamble at eight. <laughs> that's <laughs> a story for another day. I know. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> so, when you were a child, what did you want to be when you grew up?
2: Well, you know, I was a tomboy when I was growing uh-huh. up. I lived in my elementary years in Pound, Virginia, because that's where my dad's from. And my mom was from Lebanon, and that's where we moved to eventually. But my dad always told you if you went under a railroad trestle and there was a train going over, if you made a wish into something blue, it would come true. So in my very early years, before I knew any better, I always wished that I was a boy because I wanted to play football and yeah. all that stuff. But, you know, I don't know that I ever knew what I wanted to do, but I used to work for a company called Waste Management and uh, the hospital – Wellmont at that time, and I got to do a lot of their community events. You know, I I worked with Autumn Chase. I worked with Race Fest. I worked with Fun Fest as part of my job, and I always said, you know, my dream job would be if I could ever do this for a job. Yeah. uh, But I felt I would never get that opportunity, and then when Bristol Rhythms and Roots came along and I started out volunteering there – I finally got that opportunity in 2005 to become their executive director. So it took many years to get there, but it was well worth the wait. Yeah,
1: that's awesome. You're a blessing for sure. You've been a blessing to us, and I know you're just a huge blessing for the community. All right, so I have a weird question. If you could be any animal, what would you be and why?
2: You know, I, I thinking about that, um, it would probably be, I'm a workaholic, mm-hmm. Um I'm usually the first one there and the last one to leave, and I have always been that way. I might be a working dog. There you go. Because, you know, a dog just needs work, and and then they'll go to sleep, and they're up again. So maybe that's what I'd do. There
1: you go. I think you'd be a good husky. Uh, Maybe. Maybe. They're workers. They are. I actually like those dogs that jump out of the planes into the water and save people.
2: You know, if I could be one of those working dogs, it'd probably be a blue healer. They're so cute. Because we've had several of them. We don't have a dog now. But they're probably my favorite dogs that we've ever had.
1: Well, my dad listens to all of our podcasts. So I will say, Dad, hey, do you remember the blue healer that you got for a small, tiny yard that dug 800,000 holes in the yard and you had to build it its own little backyard enclosure and he named it patience because he was going to have patience to live with it (laughs) and we ended up having to give it away to a friend of ours who owned a farm and it it got to do what it was bred to do and it ended up being she was a great dog and she stood by his side but she did not like being in a small fenced in backyard at all
0: yeah they're very loyal to the family yeah
1: Yeah. she was mad (laughs) she didn't want to be in outside she wanted to be inside so they're great dogs
0: all right, so be sure to tell your friends about our podcast and to subscribe. It's free. Don't worry about charges and all that. We're Absolutely. on iTunes and Spotify and podcasts, all and that stuff, Apple, Apple Music.
1: There you go. And it helps us grow, guys, so please subscribe. And leave a review. Leave a review. Yeah,
0: leave a review. That'll help us out, too. Absolutely.
1: All right. As always, we strive for candid, open, and sometimes even humorous conversations here on Impact Stigma, so please remember, this podcast is never intended to be a substitute for professional advice, formal diagnosis, or treatment for mental and behavioral health issues. If you need further assistance or have questions, please visit the Frontier Health website at frontierhealth.org for more information. If you, your child, or someone you know is having thoughts of suicide or experiencing a mental health crisis, you can now dial 988 and you will be able to speak with a crisis specialist right away or go to the nearest emergency room. And, of course, we want to take a moment and thank Food City for sponsoring this episode of Impact Stigma and we will be right back after this
2: I'm here with a Food City all-star shopper after another stellar go-kart curbside pickup performance. Shelly, how do you do
0: it?
1: (laughs) Well, Howard, it takes determination to ensure every customer gets groceries exactly the way they like it. Every cut of meat, every piece of produce is chosen with the customer in mind. That's what it takes
2: to be a champion. There you have it. Order online from Food City and experience
0: go-kart curbside pickup at the highest level. Hello, everyone. Like what you're hearing so far? Well, make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button right now. This podcast is made possible by listeners just like you, and we greatly appreciate your support. So let's get back to the show. All right. Thank you, Food City. And Leah, will you share with our Impact Stigma family a little bit more about what you do for the Birthplace of Country Music?
2: I guess one of my major responsibilities is... um Really, the festival, Bristol Rhythm and Roots Reunion, I oversee all of that. Mm -hmm. Uh, When you talk about you're booking 100 artists and you've got vendors and you've got to close down city streets for three days, it's a major, major thing that you do to coordinate all that. But I have a great team that really helps with that. Both of our cities are awesome. But another role that I have in the advancement is helping raise funds because we are a nonprofit organization serving on different boards in the community and just being the face of the organization after all these years.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That is a hard, hard job. Yeah. It's a hard job.
2: You know, I've, I've, like I said, I started in 2001 as a volunteer for a Bristol rhythm and roots reunion, but I think it is hard. But after those many years, The community has been very good to me. I feel like I have many opportunities to work with them, and they are my extended family because they really heed the call any time we call, hey, can you help me with this or that? Mm -hmm. So um, I'm very fortunate, I think, in that respect.
0: And to give our listeners an idea of how big it is, it is 26 stages usually.
2: No, no, no. Not quite that many. How many is it? Uh, Norm, we used to have around 20 stages. This year, I think we had 17 stages. But on a, most years, it's anywhere from 14 to 16 stages. Over 100 bands.
0: Yes. Over three days. Yes. And the whole city shuts down for this.
2: It surely does, and you know, I, I think one of the challenges that we have, not just all those stages, et cetera, is that you know, in most festivals, it's in a big field. You can start setting mm-hmm. it up long before, but we don't even get to shut down any streets, and and they're just side streets till Thursday. So we have to start at two thirty in the morning on Friday and be ready for the first note. To take place at 5 o'clock that day.
0: Yeah. It's a really big festival, and it covers a lot of ground.
2: You know, and I will tell you, we have wonderful volunteers. Uh, we have about 800 volunteers, and we couldn't get ready that quick if we did not have that. That's right. And the support from all the departments in the city.
1: I know they love you. I hear about it all the time.
2: They do. You know, I love them. I know you do. You know,
1: and they, they feel it. Yeah. So one of the things we all three kind of have in common is our love for music. We've talked about it I don't know how many times on this podcast. And it's just kind of a positive connection between our mental health and music. That's something that we hear also. We even had a podcast just about that. So, Leo, when was the very first time you remember when you realized music was like your therapy, so to speak?
2: You know what? I don't know the age, but I remember it was probably more in my very early teenage years when we moved to Lebanon, um, and I still probably 75% of the time go to sleep with music, but I can remember I'd go to sleep with Bob Marley, or I'd go with Tom Jones, or Steppenwolf, <laughs> I mean, so you can see, you know, my my dad listened to bluegrass, like traditional bluegrass, and, and that wasn't something that I really cared about, although I do like bluegrass now but I think I have a very wide taste in music from listening to instrumental music to hard banging. I'm not a big rap person although I can listen to some of it but Americana is probably my main go-to and it covers so many.
1: I really love it. I didn't I didn't even know about Americana music until until your festival and then Josh kind of brought it in and we brought Drew Holcomb in for our very first concert. I didn't even know what Americana was, and now I'm addicted.
2: I love it. So. You know, because you can hear almost anything in Americana, mm.
1: from Absolutely. blues to, yeah. yeah. It's a like 49. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's fantastic for sure.
0: So what music is your favorite to listen to when you need extra help when life gets too stressful?
2: Um, my go-to probably is, um, right now, who I listen to most, I listen to Charlie Tro- Crockett. I love Hayes Carl. Those artists that are more calming mm-hmm. than they are, that get you worn out listening to them. Um, I love 49 Winchester, one of our local bands. Super proud of them. I still listen to the Black Lilies.
0: Oh, but I it's love that, the Black Lilies. You know,
2: it's that music that doesn't make you want to get up and do many, many things or makes you want to go to sleep, but it's just that calming music
0: that yeah, you like. absolutely. For, for me, it's Modest Mouse. I have every CD they've ever done, which is a lot <laughs> who? Who? Modest mouse?
2: I don't know who that is.
1: Well, they're oh. really good, and I'm pretty sure that he will never not love you if you could figure out a way to bring them Roma. some. Like bring them. Oh, I guess I'll have to look them
2: up. You'll have to look them up. I'll put that on my playlist when I leave here, yeah. so I can listen to it driving back to work. Another good one. are really
0: good. That I've gotten into thanks to my wife is Trampled by Turtles. <laughs> oh, I love Trampled by
2: Turtles. I love. Tur- <laughs> I'm going to have to listen to I'm, that. They've been at our festival before, and I've seen them at more. Merlef- they're great being you'll like it yeah. i'm
1: gonna listen to him thanks jody Hello. <laughs> so we had our big benefit concert you in august which thank you so much leah you graciously helped our concert is an enormous endeavor and it takes months and months to organize and execute and that's just one event with one stage and two artists So how do you manage such an enormous event like Bristol Rhythm and Roots reunion and stay so positive and so upbeat?
2: You know what? I couldn't do it all by myself. Uh, I have a great team at the Birthplace of Country Music, and I think they're all very passionate about the festival. We work on it 12 months out of the year. I mean, we already got, like I said, people booked for next year, some of them. But you start evaluating what you did right and what you need to improve immediately when it's over or you forget about it. We've had several huge meetings already about things we need to change, things we need to just do away with, etc. But I think it's just surrounding yourself with good people and knowing that you can't do it all.
1: That's really good because a lot of times when you're in a leadership position like that and you have to take over and do it, it's really difficult sometimes to like want to control everything and hold on to everything and that can stress you out and wear you out mm-hmm. and i mean just speaking from my little our events not little but it's not a festival If i didn't have the people that worked with us and helped us like josh and our, our committee and our volunteers i mean it doesn't matter i couldn't do it i mean period
2: well you know with rhythm and roots we have different committees we have our overall committee uh, that uh, is chaired by one person. But we have a music committee. We have a volunteer committee. We have a artist hospitality committee. We have a vendor committee. So in each employee is over a certain committee and some of them have two. But I think that's why it works because they know what they need for their area and then we all come together and put it together.
1: Well I wanted to ask you that because I've gotten to know you uh, through this and Josh has known you longer than me. But I've never seen you mad. <laughs> I'm sure you get that way, but you always have a smile on your face, and you always have just kind of pep in your step, and you always have an outlook even in the face of stressful things that's positive. I actually volunteered this year and <laughs> helped a little bit, and we were walking along the back street, and someone came up to you, and they were so frustrated, and they had a complaint, and you just handled it, and you were so. Gentle and kind, and it was just really, really inspiring. I think that's something that figuring out how to hold that together and and keeping that positive outlook is something that I think that's it's great for for our listeners to hear because it helps them with their situations.
2: You know, I, I recruited you to work in the beverage garden with <laughs> me, and we go over there, and I get called away for something, and I never got back. So thank you for volunteering. No problem. It was great. You know what? I think I don't normally get mad too often. And when I do, I try to go away so people don't know that I'm mad. But I think it's just your attitude, you know. That's good. You're going to have things thrown at you that you can't solve. You're going to have things thrown at you that's very easy to solve. But it's just the teamwork and making them feel when they're complaining to you, that's very important. And even though it might not be, if you let them, you know, all problems are important, I guess. But I've never been a negative person too often. I'll get that from you for sure.
0: All right. So research shows that music can help with stress, sleep, depression, and help you manage pain and even eat less. With your busy schedule, how do you incorporate time to just listen to the music you love?
2: You know what? I find time. I listen going to work. I listen coming home. Sometimes I have music on at work and I'll shut my door. There's time to listen to music. Uh, no matter where you are. Yeah. So we,
0: we were talking before we started recording. You know, Leah said she wanted to do a podcast. Yeah. You know, one thing I could see Leah doing, and I don't that? know if you've seen these people do it, but they live stream where they play music and talk about the music they're playing on YouTube. So they sit down, they put a record on, they talk about the record a little bit, they listen to it while people live stream and watch them listen to it, and they listen to it with them. You know, I could see Leah doing that kind of hosting like her own, Radio live stream.
2: That would be
1: adorable.
0: I would love that. I I'd watch that all the time. about <laughs> that, so I'm going
2: to research it like you did, Jennifer, before I even start. <laughs> I want to. I don't want to be a, a fumbling person when I do that. But uh, you know, today when I was driving here, I was listening to my playlist because they did. They you know they choose songs like that, and there was a Margot Seekler, I think that's how, from Texas, that was on there. So I call Micah. Who's does our talent band? I said, Micah, I really like this one. We should think about bringing her next year. He went, Leah. She was there this year, and I went, <laughs> Well, you know, I didn't get to hear much music, but I think it'd be fun to do that. Yeah, yeah. I could see her doing that. Absolutely,
0: just tune in to YouTube and see her sitting there with her DJ stand.
2: I would like to try to get artists to be on my show eventually. If I, I think I get that, that you, should,
1: considering yeah. who you are, I can't imagine they would say no.
0: Think, I'm actually surprised the Birthplace of Country Music hasn't done that yet. Like had their own little there you live go. stream a, show. idea
2: nugget. I think we do some type of podcast, but I think it's a museum podcast. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But I could see you bringing on artists, talking about it. Absolutely, please do. That would be wonderful.
2: One of
1: the things I wanted to talk about with this particular question was we have listeners who have other loves, things that help them when they're stressed out. And music is something that is universal. Just telling people that little piece of information is really helpful. Find time. I find the time to do the thing that keeps me sane, and centered and balanced so I guess our listeners find the things that keep you sane and centered and balanced and just make that time for yourself we definitely need to do that more considering everything everybody's gone
2: through you know what just sitting here listening to you talk one of the thing that I was thinking you know my f- whole family Loves music. So I don't know if there was ever a time that we didn't listen to music. I remember growing up that my dad, people would come in on a Friday or Saturday night and play some. And they were Mm -hmm. definitely not, they were very novice, but they enjoyed that. But I know when I go to my sister's to get my hair done. She always has music going. My daughter has music going all the time. My brother loves music. He loves blues and and, and Stevie Ray Vaughan and them. So it's oh, fun yeah. to go to concerts with him because it's a different than what mm-hmm. I would normally go to. My sister and I just went to Blue Highway Festival. My daughter and I have gone. So I can't imagine never having music in my life.
1: I think it just brings, it just so many things prove that it just does such a great thing and I mean, we listen to music. My husband plays bass, and he loves music, and I think that him bringing music into our family has been a tremendous help. We listen to music all the time we're at home and yeah. the kitchen and all the stuff, and I notice that when we don't turn it on, things are a little bit more stressful, and then when we have it on, it's so much more happy.
2: Well, you know, my wow. husband's a TV guy. He's not a music guy. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, we still uh, get along just fine. But he'll listen to music when we're driving somewhere. But for him to just turn on the radio or, or, or a CD to listen to, not too often.
0: See, me and Jody, we have a huge music collection. And we try to compete with each other who can find the best new band that the other hasn't heard.
1: Then I'm going to reach out to And maybe to I can help you with that, Jodi. Yeah. <laughs> <know. laughs> uh, so you can win. Yeah, I haven't won
0: in a little while. It's been a while.
1: Well, maybe we need to have her come in and consult for, like, who we're bringing in next to you. Who knows?
0: She literally introduced me to that Tramples by Turtle. Like, well, I'm going to listen ago. to it now. I am. I'm going to go
1: back You're gonna like and You're going to
2: like it. You'd like the Turnpike
0: Troubadours, too. I wonder if she's heard of them. I'm going to have to look them up. I oh, win. my gosh. <laughs> the,
2: they uh, 49 Winchester opened for them at the Ryman. Uh, Month or so ago, that I went to see. Oh,
1: well, I want to switch gears for a second. Okay, we know that music is really great for our mental health. We've talked about that. And with your, I guess, forward front facing with all the artists, what about the other side of the industry and the mental health issues we see with so many performers? Like, what is it like working with so many famous musicians?
2: You know, I don't work really closely with. A lot of them, especially the famous ones. You know, they come and go. You know, they come and they're pretty guarded by their people, but I have a lot of them. I, I think for artists, I think it's very difficult because everybody wants a piece of them. They want to mm-hmm. touch them, etc. And on the outside, we look at it as a fun job, a lucrative job. You know, it's something, oh, I wish I could do that, or, you know, a lot of people do. But they struggle with it because you always want to put your first, you know, your first face forward. But, you know, not all artists make the millions of dollars. Right. Those really good ones struggle with surviving doing an mm-hmm. artist. It's hard on families because they're gone all the time. And so I think it takes a committed family to know whether it's the wife or it's the son or it's the dad or whoever's in that, that they're going to be gone and they need the support from home, that you uh, well you're never here, etc. So I think it's a, I think there's lots of mental illness uh, from. Not lots, but, you know, it, it's it's a struggle mentally. Right. So, okay, where's my next gig going to come from? That has uh, to be how difficult. Do I, how do I find that manager? Yeah. You know, we had an artist a few months ago who's awesome, but how do you have the money to get that manager to get you to that next level that you can make the money for? So, you know, my job's stressful, but I don't think it compares anything to an artist who's really trying to make a living at right.
1: it. That's a good point. I mean, let's think about the bigger artists that we see that are in our faces. They obviously have a hard time. They go to rehab and they have substance use disorder and there's all sorts of stuff that's going on because people don't realize that they're traveling and they have to stay awake and they have to be on all the time. And they only have a small amount of downtime. Now, let's put that in perspective with an artist that isn't super famous, in, like you like you spoke about, without the funds. And, I mean, there is a lot of struggle there. So... It's interesting to me that something so wonderful and so helpful for the ones that are listening to it and receiving it can can be an outlet for the musician to get their heart out and show their heart. But it's also interesting to me that they struggle so much. You, you know, know, I
2: think the ones that, that have the good managers that protect them from burnout yeah. and really care about the person that they're representing – I think that's part of it. It's not just, okay, if I can get this person five big gigs, that this is going to pad my purse. It's when you care about that artist and you do what's right for them, it comes back to you.
0: So do you have any stories about musicians or artists that have made lasting impacts on your life?
2: You know, trying to think about that. I don't know that any have made lasting impact on my life. But I think a lot of the artists, like the Black Lilies, for example, they really introduced me more to Americana music than anyone. And they've become, you know, I'm good friends with Cruz. Um, I think Marty Stewart, if you want to look at country music, there's not a more humble, more appreciative, more willing to help you if you need help or something than Marty Stewart. He's just one of the nicest people you'll ever meet and he's a good friend of our organization. I think about folks like him. I think about 49 Winchester, who's on the Up and Coming, and when they released their album, they wanted to do it in association with right. the Birthplace of Country Music because we've been good to them, and but they've been good to us also. So I don't know if there's one particular one, but if I had to say one artist that I think is top-notch, it would have to be Marty Stewart.
0: That's a good one. So what would you like to share with our Impact Stigma family from your experiences that has made the biggest impact on how you stay positive?
2: You know, I think I try not to look at the bad too often. Sometimes you have to, but I try to look at what's going right and if something's going wrong, how do we fix that? I've never been much of a negative person. I can be sometimes. But most of the time when I see myself going there, I'll go, get over yourself, Leah, and do what you like to do and what you do best. Right. I like that.
1: I think I need to utilize a little bit more positive self-talk.
2: Because other people may not be giving you that positive talk, but you sure can give it to yourself. (laughs) That's right. And you can really fuss at yourself sometimes (laughs) because sometimes I'll go, just get over it. I'm my worst
1: critic. Everybody that loves me closely will tell you that I give myself a hard time. It is something I am diligently practicing to say better positive things about myself. So I love that you do that, and it's really inspirational. It really is. I think you're a tremendous person.
2: But I also think there's things out there that you're not going to change or there's that one person that you're not going to change. I don't care how much you try. And so for me, I just have to let it go sometimes.
1: Right. That's good advice. Yeah. Let it go. <laughs>
2: Absolutely. Or the let it be. There, That's Speed, a good one too. You let know, go. Let it be. That's good. The Beatles. Absolutely.
1: So one last question. If you could step into our shoes on this podcast, what would you have asked yourself that we didn't?
2: You know, I'm sure in your job, in my job, it's how to balance your work life and your family life sometimes. This year I've made myself be more diligent about not missing a soccer game that my granddaughter's playing in or I don't have to be at work at 7 o'clock in the morning when I really don't have to be there till 8.30. And I do that maybe once a week, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, but um, I think it's just how do you balance that? That's one of my struggles: is how do you balance? Because you know, I think there's very few offices that have all the employees that they need. So you're trying to wear so many hats and help so many people. Yeah. But I think it's just finding that life balance. I wish that I was better at that. Sometime
1: that's a good one. I'm glad you. I'm glad you brought that up because that's definitely something that we're gonna try to dig a little deeper in um, coming up. And I just I love that you've you've said that because everybody. Everybody needs to work on their life balance. Mm -hmm. Oh, I
0: do. Golly, I'm stretched so thin. You are. I mean, Thursday I was in West Virginia all day, left at 1 in the morning. Yep. Then the next day I had three hours of sleep, went to Big Stone Gap, went home, three hours of sleep, went back to Big Stone Gap. I'll
2: tell you a story. Uh, We did this film called Morning Bristol, and we did a CD. And so we went to the midnight at the Ryman for Bluegrass and Marty Stewart was over. It was was a great show. But we got in the bed about 2.30 in the morning. And the next day I was going to Bonnaroo, but I had to get home before I could go to Bonnaroo. So, and there was like five people with us. And I said, okay, you all have got three hours to sleep. I'm getting you up (laughs) at 5.30 and we're headed to Bristol. And they went, Leah, I said, hey, we're getting up at 5.30. So at 5.30, I got everybody up. They slept most of the way home. (laughs) I pulled into my driveway and the folks that I was going to Bonnaroo with had the motorhome there. I already had my bags packed. I took my bags, put it in the thing, and took off.
0: That's crazy. <laughs> I've never been to Bonnaroo, but I hear it is incredible. That is one thing I want to photograph is Bonnaroo. That
2: I is hope you get biggest. to do that.
0: Bonnaroo, I have a bucket list. Bonnaroo's one of them. Metallica's one of them. <laughs> you know, we you know.
2: He and I, I both might can help you with Bonnaroo. He and always, I both
0: love Metallica. It's kind of a thing. I yeah. have wanted to photograph Bonnaroo for so long and, and Merlefest. Those are the two. Oh, my bucket list. I might could help you both of those. Oh, that'd be awesome. I,
2: I can't promise that. I know. But I might could uh, say, will you look at this guy and consider letting him come to take pictures? Yeah, him and his
0: wife. Okay. Yeah. I think me and Jennifer. Well, I, I She does that really we're, good. We're
2: good kindred spirits because yeah. I see yeah. Star Wars in here. I love Star oh, yeah. Wars. Oh, God, I
0: am a Star Wars fanatic. Yeah, we both are. I'm a, yeah. I'm a huge nerd. I love Marvel
1: and Star Wars and, well, I'm Harry Potter. I mean, anything fanciful, I'm like, oh, I love all that stuff.
2: So, so. maybe we should say may the Force be with all of us. That's yes, right.
1: may the Force be with all of us. Absolutely. All right. Well, um, thank you so much for your time today, Leah. We are just, I know I'm honored. I know Josh is honored. We're yep. so honored to have you on our show. And for our Impact Stigma family, we hope you enjoyed this episode of Impact Stigma. And we thank you very much for continuing to tune in.
0: And don't forget, remember to share our podcast and share it with your friends, family, social media. It's free. It don't cost you nothing.
1: Absolutely. We need you guys to help us grow for sure. So we can't wait to spend time with all of you again soon. And thank you for continuing to help us make an impact. Stigma can make mental health problems worse and even stop a person from getting the help they need. Untreated mental illness places an enormous economic and emotional burden on our communities economic burden alone is in the billions, and that directly affects all of us. We all play a crucial role in creating a mentally healthy community, one that is inclusive, rejects discrimination, and supports recovery. For us at Impact Stigma, this is way more than just a podcast. It is about igniting our communities, sharing our stories, and working together with listeners like you. We invite you to find out more about Impact Stigma on our website at impactstigma.com. One way you can make an impact right now is by sharing our podcast with your friends and family because you never know when something we talk about might be the reason someone you love asks for help. Mental illness is not a personal failure. We can't do this without you. So if you feel inspired to get involved, first, subscribe to this podcast. Then go visit our website at ImpactSigma.com. Watch the video and read about how you can become an impact maker. Thank you for listening to Impact Sigma. You're so glad you chose us. We want to thank our guests again for sharing your impactful story and doing your part to impact stigma. Join us next time as we enjoy some laughs and hear impactful stories. Until then, this work needs you. So go be an impact maker. Thank you and be blessed.